Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! back and bigger than ever it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant now here's the entire Soonerscoop crew Carrie, Josh, Eddie and Bob alright we are back maybe just a little too ominous for Kansas coming up with this open, it sounds good when it's Bedlam or uh, Red River Rivalry or something. Uh, welcome to the program. We got a lot of stuff for you today. We have our uh, first uh, field interview. As I had a chance to go down and talk to uh, Trajan and Jack Bridges during his uh, Under Armour All American ceremony the other day, and uh, we'll play you that the interview uh, throughout. Uh, but first off, uh, welcome in Josh Bequistian, Eddie Radosovich. Bob Presbillo, who uh, are in for a long day's basketball uh, signing day is today, as well as baseball, uh, other sports, rowing probably is in there too. Uh, you, you're listening to the Choctaw uh, Casino and Resort uh, unofficial 40. I want to remind you guys, uh, over in Durant, they got this little thing called the Choctaw Casino. It is fantastic. It is more than little. Uh, I want you guys to go and check it out. Uh, give them a try because... Uh, I've been over there. It's a fantastic casino, fantastic hotel, fantastic uh, restaurants and entertainment, a uh, great venue to watch concerts. I know uh, on the SeatGeek app, I keep getting emails from them about the Chris Stapleton concert. I know it's sold out, but uh, you can get seats on the secondhand market. He's playing two sold-out shows over there, getting ready to come up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the steakhouse over there is fantastic. The buffet is outstanding. Uh, a lot of great games. Uh, they got the dice. They got the... Uh, the uh, uh, craps tables, which I love, which I know a little bit about. I tried to learn more about, and it just got confusing. And uh, I tried to come up with a system. I'm still working on it. So, uh, Choctaw Casino in Durant. Go check them out. They make this podcast possible. All right. Really, it's come down to uh, questions about the defense, questions about the defensive coordinator. And let's just start it off with uh, Lincoln Riley's comments for his uh, press conference Monday. Here's uh, Mr. Al Ashback with the first question. Lincoln, uh, National Signing Day's a little bit more than a month away. Do you want to have your new defensive coordinator here by then, and is it important to, for the recruits to know who it's going to be? Uh, we'll see how that all plays out. You know, I haven't made any decisions on what we're going to do there or not. Uh, my focus was after we made the change that we were going to get through this back half of the season and see where we're at. I don't know that, I don't know what we'll do. I don't, I wouldn't commit that we're going to bring in anybody different right now or not. Uh, it's right now, it's one week at a time and trying to win a championship right now. It's, um, if I was suicidal, I would have just jumped off the third story of the stadium after that question. It only got worse after that. More awkward. Oh, we've got it. More. We've, yeah. Yes. You want to go straight into it before <laughs> we just rail on all this stuff? 
Barry Trammell basically uh, gave Lincoln a good grilling. Uh, if you can ask an accusatory question, Trammell came pretty close. He didn't, but he if came pretty close. If you were close to Social Security, drawing Social Security, you probably asked a question on Monday. Uh, here is uh, the first part of Trammell's question and uh, Lincoln's response. It did not go particularly well. Yeah, Lincoln, you said you're close, but it sure seems like, unless you're playing Kansas State or TCU, the two worst offenses in the league, that the defense is pretty much in disarray. Does, do you just need a new culture totally, just new schemes, new players, new coaches, new everything, just sort of start over on defense in the offseason? I'm not talking about now, but in the offseason. Uh, it's kind of the same answer I had before. I I don't know. Being 9-1 is disarray, then that's, you know, we'll define it what it is. Uh, defenses have had, our defense has had a hand in winning all the nine games that we've had this year. Uh, are there areas that that we need to improve? Yes, I'm not I'm not looking the other way, but at the same time, we got a team that's very capable of winning a championship right now. So our focus right now is getting better and putting ourselves in position to do that, which we've done up to this point this season. And you know what? Barry Trammell was not satisfied with that answer, as nobody was. Uh, so he doubled down and uh, threw a little bit more shade at Lincoln Riley. One of the problems is, you know, every defense in the Big 12 struggles because of the offense. But up until the recent past, you guys were not really a great defense compared to nationally. Now you're, you're dropping to the bottom of the Big 12 in terms of numbers and, and how, how often you stop the other team. Is that a concern that, you know, even, even just going against Big 12 standards, you're falling. It's a lot of factors that go into that. You know, by Big 12 standards, we're winning a bunch of games, so I know that. So you can you can put all those stats every which way you want. Go look up the Big 12 records in the last four years of teams, and you know, tell me which one you would rather be. It look for everything that Lincoln does forward thinking. They're not and, and look. He's got a job to do. Whatever it is, he's trying to do. There's obviously a message he's trying to keep for his team or his coaches or whatever. But to, to ignore the fact that this is hurting you in terms of your ultimate goal, which is winning a national championship, I think people have a hard time kind of getting past that. Like that you won't admit, yes, this is this is really bad. This is this is hurting us as a program. They're in denial. And they've been in denial. Are they in denial yeah, or in are denial. they just just putting on a public face. They're in denial. You think Lincoln Riley doesn't know that his defense stinks? Yeah, I do. But they're in denial. They don't want to accept it. Or they just don't want to say it publicly. Well, they're pussies if they don't want to say it publicly. Yeah, That's the, what people do. That's coach speak, Eddie. Well, the answer is from Curtis Bolton, Parnell Motley last night. Didn't inspire any confidence either. Because it's still the same... Oh, we're one play away. It's just the little things. We're so close. It just feels like we've been hearing that for the last two, three seasons. Are is there any chance that we are being overreaction people? Because I think we all felt like OU was going to drop in the rankings I, after no, that performance. Why were no. they going to fall? I yeah. thought that they no. might. I why? mean, that West Virginia might pass them up. That Washington State could pass them up because no. their defense is terrible. And that we know that committee places a lot of value on defense. I never thought they were going to fall. Well, I I thought I thought that they were going to drop. Just knowing the committee that they're old and farts and old farts and curmudgeony. 
I don't. I mean, one thing that it, to think about. I I don't know. You know, Joe C being on that committee probably helps OU because if he wasn't there, maybe they do drop him. But I, I mean, him in how the room, much does it really? He can't be in the room though. Well, when what they talk I'm saying, he still has to come back in the room at some point. Well then, you if, can't if, eat that bacon that, all day if, that George if, Schroeder was writing about. I I saw the article today that George wrote. I haven't had a chance to read it, but I, it, if that's the case, then we need to put an end to the committee. If they're making decisions based on being intimidated by another person that's it's in the just room, human nature. I mean, these are all administrators that administrate, and they all want to get along. This is the worst idea of all time. College football playoff. Yes, <laughs> it's it's work though, has it not? Has it not given us the best four teams? Uh, have, have we ever finished? Have we ever finished this thing since it started and said they got it all wrong? Somebody else should have been in there. Somebody else could have won it. The Probably. TCU and Baylor year, yeah. Ohio State got screwed. I mean, Ohio State got in last. Was it or didn't get in last year? Right, because they got beat by OU. They probably. Oh, you got in instead of them. Maybe they should have got it in front of OU. No, now they shouldn't have. Upset people. <laughs> they shouldn't have. You're just looking for an argument that's not there. I think. Look, it's everybody. I mean, the AP and the and the coaches poll. Everybody is pretty much in line. I mean, it's the same. It's the same ranking. I well, mean, that well, that's what happens. It's just you have four teams. Once the playoff ranking comes out, all the polls shift toward what the playoff ranking said. Yeah, that does happen. Well, they need to do away with rankings. You know, I mean, it's not like Iowa State was ever ranked until oh, college football playoff has a number as a number twenty four. They should definitely do away with polls at least. Well, look, I'm with Eddie. What, what is the what point do those serve after the playoff rankings? They, that's tradition. They've it been mis- around it forever. Massages writers. Writers but, don't want to do those. I, w- I wouldn't want to do a top exactly, 25 poll. Exactly. Then do it's a, away it's with it. It's a pain it. in the ass. Do away with it then. We if got they people, asked me, I would say, no, I don't want to rank the top 25 We got people voting teams. like dumbasses anyways. Well, the problem is you get like columnists that want to vote and make some crazy vote so they can write a column about why justifying their I hot think take. all voting should be put to an end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like all democracy and everything? Yes. Just... Somebody decides what's best for you. Maybe. Like a king and a queen. England's got it all right. Eddie Vader. How, okay, so tell me, how are the college football teams for the championship going to be selected then? By a playoff. 64? You make the playoffs. Uh, no, let's do 16. Well, you still have to have people decide what 16 teams are going to be. Not if you put... And how they're going to be ranked. I don't know, your Power 5 champions. It's been debated before. You'd have to shift the entire landscape of college football. Well, I don't think that uh, college football players should have to go to class either, so <laughs> we should do away with the student-athlete. The student-athlete Maybe just all well. online courses or something. All so you're just embracing the NCAA as like a minor league football situation? Whatever puts... Eddie is in a very burn-the-world-down Whatever, whatever puts administrators in a bad spot. Like, I want to see people get fired. They're playing 15 games anyway. If you win, a, if you play for the national championship, it's not the days like they just play 11. They're but what playing. Are, what 15. are the other hundred and what eight, is it? One twenty nine now. Yes. So what? What are the other one hundred? Let me see if I can figure this out. One hundred and thirteen teams do. 
play for like 20th place because that's what they're doing already. <laughs> no, but I mean, over four weeks, they're going to have to play. They're going to have to do something if you only play like 10 games and then go straight to the playoffs. Or you just do away with the programs. Like Prairie View a and doesn't need a football program. They're not program. Division One. They don't need a football program. You get rid of the bowl week practices. Just keep it going. Kansas doesn't need a football program. It's running on a basketball. It's a basketball school. That would really hurt the Big 12. Oh, the Big 12 wouldn't be around. It's just one big super conference? Maybe. Now, if you did that, you wouldn't need playoffs. Your playoff would be, you have four, you have four leagues, and the winner of each league moves on to the national playoffs. You need more than four. Well, no, you wouldn't. You'd have four champions. Like, they all play each other in, like, a round robin. No, we would need, though. We're going to need more than four in the playoff. Well, you got the SEC, the Big Ten. This isn't that we're not going to half ass it like 6 A football. Like, the ACC, Pac 12, <laughs> and, make and the playoffs. Big 12 can all so make ridiculous. two conferences. It's absolutely obnoxious that 6 A's in the semifinals this week. You win three games, you're a state champion. That's being lazy. That's the OSAA being lazy. That's all right. You already got your passes, so I would tell them before I got my passes. It's lazy. <laughs> so let's just get it out of the way. Anything else that you want to just burn? Yeah. What, what administration are you pissed at at this moment, Eddie? Yeah, I'm curious what's got this rant. Nobody going. Uh, would you like to hear if we can get maybe back on track about? how OU is in denial, as Eddie said. Um, would you like to hear Ruffin McNeil's thoughts on the college football playoffs? I would very much like to hear these. Uh, you're going to get triggered. I'm just telling you beforehand. Okay. Oh, I, I think I'm pre-triggered, but let, let's just go ahead and okay. fi- let's, let's fire the gun. All right, here you go. Those guys, those, that group, committee, they have to do the criteria they think. And as a coach or uh, with your players, yes, we want to be a well-rounded football team. I've always talked about complimentary football. We understand that. But the one thing that I will not uh, neglect, I will not let our kids, as long as I'm responsible for them, neglect is the ability to win a football game. Sometimes that gets lost a little bit to me. Yeah, you want it to be, uh, I know the criteria they're asking, and we strive for that. But the main stride that I take personally is to make sure they understand, guys, this is what you did Positively, here's things to work on. But the biggest positive that you won the football game, you kept fighting. A lot of teams would have not fought. And uh, a lot of teams were not that. But doing on the sideline, we had to make some adjustments. On the sideline, we were able to grasp what we had to do. Two-point play began up, we were able to do that. Those type things, to me, matter. Now, to the outside criteria, I can't control what the committee wants or what they look for. I'm, I just wake up and I do the best job I possibly can. And, and keep expecting a lot of myself, our staff, and our players. Here's my here's my thing. If uh, be a nice attitude to have if you're coaching at Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of <laughs> what I have bluntly. the issue with. Is I'm not saying it's a loser mentality, but it's it's the it's not a winner mentality. It's not. It's not. I right. mean. Not a mentality that the program was built on. We all know what the goal is at Oklahoma. The goal at Oklahoma is to win a national championship. And anything less than that isn't good enough for anybody, any any of the fans out there. 
any time they use that phrase, a lot of those teams would have stopped fighting. Well, then they wouldn't have been fighting, contending for a championship to begin with. I, I mean, that's perfect, Bob. That's <laughs> like we're, we're fighting. You are trying to play for a national championship. What? Like, do they really need to be spurred on to fight? How, how, like, where are they at? I get, Eddie loves the soft thing, and I don't go to it all that often. But if that's really a problem, then it's it's one of your biggest rivals. You're playing terribly, and I mean, it, it's like arguing that it that an offense was good enough because you won three to nothing, and they got a field goal late off a defensive turnover. The defense played lights out, didn't give up any points, and literally created the only points that did happen. That does not mean your offense was good enough. It just means they didn't lose the game. I that that's so crazy. Like I get into this with fans all the time. Just because the offense is exemplary doesn't clear the defense of its sins. It, it doesn't change anything. And that that's why. Sorry, Josh. Go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. That's go just ahead. that's I, why I'll I said on, that's why I said on Monday that but we won has become a commonplace crutch with this program. It's, they've they have become a they've been hurt by the product of them winning games because of a poor defense. If they would have had, if they would have lost games in the last you know, three, four years because of a shit defense, I think that they would have probably addressed it by now. But they hadn't. And they got away with it. It's like they've been enabled by their own success. Right. We, what we talked about yesterday from the pistol firing thing about Chuba Hubbard and, and uh, Buki, one, one of the comments just said it flat out. The OU defense is that kid that's getting the A on a group project when they did nothing because they were with the smartest kid in the class. I mean, if OU secondary could win national championships by talking shit, they, they would have already won. It, yeah. But they can't f cover anybody. Well, they, they kind can't of tackle stopped. anybody. I, I, at least they have kind of stopped doing that. It was nice I, that everyone... I mean, Kerry, you were standing down there after the third down before they gave up a touchdown in the last two minutes of the game in Bedlam, and they're out there dancing. Wait, no, no. I mean, because Buki instigated it with Chuba following the game on Instagram. And so Chuba came back and showed all three touchdowns that he scored against OU. They're not. They yeah, just Chuba Hubbard's talking shit. He plays for a four and six. I know. It's just it's like it, they may have stopped doing it on Twitter necessarily, but they're still doing it on Instagram and other places. They're still talking. Well, all that stuff is stupid. Well, and none of those guys are good enough to be doing that. Exactly. Or carrying around a sledgehammer. Guys, Which I still don't understand it, why it's a big two, deal. The last two years, if Oklahoma doesn't have, I, I think we can all agree, two of the better quarterbacks in school history, they've got six more losses on their schedule. They're going to lose to Oklahoma State and Stillwater last year. And I, I realize, like, you take the best quarterback off of any of these teams, it's going to make an impact. I get it. I, I, I do. But it doesn't change that literally one player has carried you out of the fire, well, I guess two players, have carried you out of the fire over and over and over again, and it's become like they've all become blind to it. Like It's like they can't see that we're winning in spite of our defense. It's got nothing to do with, oh, well, we, we, we found a way to win. No, you didn't. You found a way to get the ball to, to the offense enough times that they could score enough points to make up for how deficient you are. That's that. That's just so bad. Like, and I get, like, I get that Lincoln Riley's not going to come into the press conference and burn Ruffin McNeil. Like, I get it. That's that's fine. 
But like acting like we're all stupid or that we can't see reality from you know from the press box or from our televisions at home, like whatever, it's there. It's obvious to anybody. And just saying, well, we won. Okay, great. I mean, oh, Texas beat Tulsa earlier this year. That does not mean anything of value. It's become a crutch. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't. Here's what I wonder: like, is it is it this coaching staff that is like they don't like that the standard? It makes me think like, are they worried like that the standard now is college playoff or bust, and then we look back like. Are they trying to lower expectations? Because that's almost the only way that I have to take it is like, look now, winning is important. I mean, Bob said that stuff too a lot. And it was it was when he was eight and four. I mean, this team is what, nine and one. And they're talking like they're seven and four. I don't get it. I've never seen this side of, of Lincoln Riley. And I expect it from Ruffy McNeil. I really do, because he's the motivational guy. But like when Mike Stoops was here, he'd be like, it's not good enough. Like, I need, we need to do a better job. I need, nobody's, nobody since Mike Stoops has left, no one has said it's not very good. Like, that part of it, have you noticed that? Like, that is just not in anybody's vocabulary except the players. The coaches won't say, yeah, we're not doing we're not doing well. It's our fault. Probably because the group of players that they're coaching are so soft that they can't take that type of mentality. Well, obviously. That's why they got and, rid of Mike. I think say and to turn it around, the fans hated Mike for it. Because he would say it like it was and they were like, "We'll do something about it." Yeah. I, he got burned not, at the stake it, for for telling people what you know, what the truth was. And now people are mad when it gets sugarcoated. And I mean, I'm I'm not coming down anybody because clearly I'm I'm triggered by it. I I'd much rather the truth of a shitty truth than uh, what like just a bullshit lie. And in in talking to the players yesterday, it doesn't sound like there's any self regulation or leadership. That they all kind of said like it's not my place to say that to another player. And then they all bring up the Fido, forget it and drive on. It, that's Enough just, with that. It's become the, the just every, you hear it every single time, but none of it's like, here's this guy that says this shit has got to stop. Now you can't keep letting this happen. No one's doing that. It's, You're just not going to have a great defense if you have, or any unit, if you have no leadership and they, no. they clearly have no leadership on that defense. I don't know, just this this whole thing about at least we're winning, it's not going to fly. If they go and if they struggle this week against Kansas defensively, I mean, I don't, I, I don't see how they're going to beat West Virginia at this rate. I just don't see going on the road and everybody's like, well, they'll outscore them. At some point, this is going to catch up with you. Should have already. Exactly. I mean, they've allowed 46 and 47 points in back-to-back weeks. And West Virginia has pretty much everything. Unless unless Will Greer gets hurt at Oklahoma State this weekend, they're screwed next week. David Sills, uh, 
McCoy's a good running back. Their defense is decent. Yeah, we'll see. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they have not faced a team that's this good on offense, except for Texas Tech in the first half. And that was a disaster. We'll see what the weather's like next Friday. I, I haven't heard anything yet. I looked it up. Raining and in the 40s. I think that's good for Oklahoma, honestly. It's 8 o'clock game, so it, it might be freezing rain. Probably snow showers. Because whatever else Oklahoma is, they're a better ground team than West Virginia is. Yeah. And if they could just nurse that clock and try... Like, if Oklahoma... To me, it might be the only game all season where OU is going to be better served to keep it under 40. Like, just keep Will Greer off the field. Like, we're going to run five, six-minute drives. We're going to let our big offensive line just beat up on West Virginia. Because, I mean, as bad as OU is defensively, West Virginia is far from anything to, to, get, to write home about. They're not a great defense. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're fair. I mean, you look at the numbers, they're fairly comparable to Oklahoma. They're not good. And like I said, we'll, we'll see. I, I get If it was in Norman, I'd have no doubt. In, in Morgantown at night, I mean, that's a lot to ask of a, of a defense that clearly has fallen back off the rails. Well, Kansas is coming up. I mean, if their defense is falling apart, we're going to find out this week. Uh, no, a heads up, there will not, be no under the hood this week on Kansas. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing that breakdown. We won't. I mean, it, you're not going to learn anything. Kansas is bad. Well, you won't, learn, you won't learn anything that's not bad. Broken arrows. Yes, you're Broken right. arrow would beat Kansas. You could learn something, but it will all be bad. Even in OU's down years, Kansas hasn't scored more than seven points against them since 2013, I'm pretty sure. If you have a real takeaway from Kansas, it's bad. I mean, I, I think Kerry's dead on. Like, there's no way you learn something, and you're like, well, that's a positive. It's it's going to be bad. Honestly, they shouldn't even have to play this game. <laughs> they probably shouldn't. What's you, the, you would think, what's, like, what's you the think spread? Kansas would accept 36. it be like, we're going to put it 49 nothing on the schedule and just call it good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Kansas would be like, oh, okay, we, we can do that. You should be able to buy your way out of this game. <laughs> They should like like just just have a walk on offensive line, walk on running backs. How awesome would it be if like Bray Walker starts at left tackle, or like like they just run out the young guys? Like TJ Pledger gets the start. Like we're not risking anything. I'm well, sure like Lincoln is pl- praying for a 50 point lead at halftime. Yeah, so I know my play, pay, play anybody. My my tracker is going to get a lot of work Sunday morning. I guarantee that much your freshman tracker yes yes <laughs> you will be busy bob uh i don't know what the f we're supposed to talk about then other than this <laughs> lack of what we want to hear from the coaches because it's kansas it's fair like it, it brings a good question like what would you want to hear from the coaches like what's the right? We've got to get better on defense, set. or we're not going to accomplish our ultimate goal. Okay, just so just just I got you. I wasn't sure if there was some way to. It's almost like they don't want to give in to the fact that the reality is that this defense is hurting their chances of playing playing for a national championship. Can I mean, you, they still need some help anyway. But 
Can you admit this scheme just is never going to work? You got to throw it all all out just like Barry was saying. You just need an overhaul. Well, yeah, they need to fire every to person something. involved and then start over. I, I don't disagree. You can't just be shitty at two things. Pick one and go forward with it. Like this going back and forth between one or the other. And I get that if you... If you put three down and Ronnie Perkins stands up or has his hand down, that doesn't really make a damn bit of difference. That's fine. But, like, watching them, you know, and obviously I come at this from a recruiting side. When I watch them try to recruit defensive ends. It's bad. I can't even imagine how you do it because it, like, in one hand you want a guy that can fight a guard, and the next hand you want a guy that can beat a tackle's outside shoulder. Like, that guy doesn't exist. He's not a real person. He's an Like, if he does... He's one of every five years. His name's Jadavion Clowney. Like, those guys aren't real. They're unicorns. And to imagine that you're going to recruit enough of them to build out a two or three deep is just insane. It doesn't work. I mean, is it has it gotten to the point where we just think that they're terrible at evaluating? I and, don't and think that it's would, that. I, identity. That's what I mean. Cause I, I, I agree. I, I, I think... I think it's really hard, like I said. I mean, because even at linebacker, like there's a constantly shifting idea. Like Curtis Bolton's a former high school defensive end. Right. And then on the other hand, you've got Ryan Jones, who was a wide receiver safety. Like there's there's something there that, I mean, and I realize they play different positions, but it's the same general idea, and they don't match up at all. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And how does that, I mean – Kenneth Murray is your Mike, and he's a former high school. Like he played safety his senior year. Now he was always going to be a linebacker. I get it, but there's just no continuity of thought. Like every guy, you never see a guy and you're like that seems like an OU guy because you don't know what it is. Just go through the lineup and 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 just judge a guy based on whether you can put playmaker next to his name. I mean Trey Norwood, no. I would say nobody in the secondary right now. Mm. Parnell Motley has made plays, and he's the only one. Uh, I, I mean, think he, if you go that he, far, then you got to say Robert Barnes. Right. Yeah, he, if you're Robert including Barnes Motley, nobody, nobody back there. He picked off a ball against Army that I could have picked off. Khalil Houghton was almost killed by a football at one point and still dropped it. He also picked off a pass and against Tech and almost picked up another one that a guy grabbed his face mask and drug him down to the ground. And he's the only guy that has multiple picks in that in that secondary. And that's pathetic. Well, I'm saying. He's not he, a playmaker. I, the argument was, can you put playmaker next to his name? And you, He's no, made plays. You can't. He hasn't been a playmaker. He's made plays. He's given up more plays than he's made. No, you're just being a dick. He's made plays. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't. What's his? Go look up his career interceptions compared to everybody else. Well, you're com- compared to everybody else. Nobody else can catch the damn well, ball. I said this is a, an exercise where you're going to go through the secondary and say if you could put playmaker next to their name. I wouldn't put it next to his. F- you all. Fine. <laughs> you know how many? I mean, sorry, he's not a playmaker. Well, Nobody on this defense. That's the only one. That's the only one that you're going to find, though. That's my I point. I agree. In the secondary, if yes. If you're going to put yeah. the label on, it might be him, but that doesn't make it him. Well, that's my that point. Means he's the less of, 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 of he's the less of two evils. I mean, Robert Barnes has had one interception because he's barely played that mm-hmm. he returned for a touchdown. 
And it was a two-point conversion. Early in the year, was it Florida Atlantic? Yes, the I mean, very, it was, it very first game. It didn't matter. It was, was mop-up duty. Yeah. Trey Houghton will never be a playmaker. He'll probably never play again, but he'll never, he never was a playmaker. because well, that's not a person. <laughs> You just you Trey Houghton, yeah. Just, you Khalil Houghton. You just See, you guys have got them. me just beside you myself. Trey Norwood. Khalil Again, Houghton. I say fuck you all. All right. Parnell Motley has three interceptions this year. He had two coming into this season, so he has five. But he had one against Ohio State. Yeah, he had the one against the Buckeyes and the pick six the very next week, and then he didn't do anything the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, OSU happened, and then his life was over for this a while. Was, I was saying this yesterday. It is so bad because I can remember every single turnover because there's just not many to choose from. I can remember I, okay, all I would, eight I would, this year. I would amend my earlier statement and say that I think that Trey Brown can be a playmaker. He just yeah. hasn't done it. He hasn't, done, hasn't done it. There's a lot of people that can, but the longer you stay in no, the program. No, but I don't think Trey Norwood is ever going to be a playmaker. Just He's not physical fair. enough. Okay. He does it. He's he's not going to be a guy that forces any fumbles and uh, strips a ball. The longer you stay in the program, the worse you get. So, well, it, under Kerry Cooks, that's been the case. It feels like Trey Brown's starting to get a little worse in terms of not knowing where the ball is. Yeah, compared to when he was first. And I asked, reps. I asked Ruffin about it yesterday. I flat out, how? Why are they so bad with ball skills? And he, you know, basically said they practice it and everything, but. You turned into Edward R. Dosovich. I don't understand. Well, because I'm trying to figure out why they're so bad. Did he say forget it and drive on after they drop off? I mean, I I really now we're just getting mean. It doesn't. They we they deserve to be get mean things said about them. (laughs) Well, I I thought we did a pretty good job yesterday of asking good questions to Ruffin and guys on defense. Well, and, and you know what? One thing we said was in the in the post game was, boy, we'd like to see Bookie play corner, Bookie play corner all the time. And here is the 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 thing that triggers you that will trigger everyone more than anything else that was said yesterday by Ruffin. So, speaking of the secondary, has there been any discussion of maybe moving Bookie back to corner? No, Bookie's not a corner. No, Bookie's a safety. In what world is Bookie a safety? It's like. Uh, George Stoy was the one that asked it. I, yeah. We just sat there like, the f***? What? What? Did did someone should have pulled up rivals on their phone and showed him his, his high school profile where it said five-star safety or cornerback? You mean the, the play where he tipped the ball in the U.S. Army All-American game? Yeah. He wasn't playing cornerback? Yeah. Like, what world do you people live in up here? It It just doesn't make sense to me, Josh. I watched him for a week at the Army game last spring. I'm I am qualified to speak to this. He was the best corner in at the, the nation. Army All American game in the nation. Elite corners, and he was outstanding. I, I'm not saying he's going to fix all your problems. I'm not saying that at all. But to argue that that's not his natural position is just it. it, 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 it sounds it, like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like it sounds it insults like you've never my intelligence seen him play. a little bit. When it's, he wasn't in an Oklahoma jersey, it's insulting. Yeah, it is insulting. No, it is. I, it, it just blows my mind that they're so bad. Like I didn't in a million years going into this season, never thought that they were going to be worse than they were last year, and they have taken it to a new level of they're worse. In disarray. I mean, they, and and not just in the secondary, but tell me a playmaker, Curtis Bolton. He he forced a fumble. He he is has instincts as a defender. I would say he's a playmaker. He's the only guy in that defense, Who? Curtis Bolton, that I would put the playmaker tag on. I, and even he has some stupid moments like 
not getting back before the ball was snapped. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, I mean, we asked. He talked about that yesterday. It's just like he said that there was some stuff that you look back on tape and it's like, I can't believe I did that. It's like, no shit, man. <laughs> like, you guys practice every day. I don't understand how you keep how you continually make these mistakes. These I say guys, Ronnie Perkins is he's young, but I would say he's a playmaker at times. I think that you almost have to cast this argument as can they be playmakers? Like because they don't have any right now. Like I would say Perkins, Kenneth Murray, Trey Brown. Those are the three guys that I'm like I I would buy stock in them as a playmaker. Everybody else, I don't know, and and I, I mean, and some of them I do know. But Kenneth most- Murray, Kenneth Murray has gone from being a lost freshman to a guy that just does his job this year. He mm-hmm. has not done anything more than that, in my opinion. And it's I'm telling you, those- I've talked to former players about this, and a lot of mm-hmm. like they reach out to me because they're like, "Look at this," and they'll show me YouTube clips or something like that because they they want me to see what they see. And I've had several guys tell me that. Curtis Bolton is their only real defensive player. When they when they break down the tape, he's the only one that consistently is doing what he needs to be doing. And they don't feel the same way about Kenneth Murray. Yeah. I mean, it it just it it's mind-blowing that the University of Oklahoma And I'm not shitting on Kenneth n- Murray. I'm, no, it just saying he's not a he's not a standout yet. And I mean, I guess that's that brings the argument of is it just poor coaching? Or is it I mean, I has there been who is one guy that you could say in the last five years that's been developed from the day that they got in until the day they left? I mean, Oboe maybe. Yeah. Oboe was a guy that, you know, had to mature a lot individually before he could reach that success. But I mean, I guess you could say that he's a guy that really truly came into the university worked his ass off from day one and got to where he needs to be. And he still, I mean, really hasn't seen his career just blow up by any means. I mean, I know he's been hurt and he just got activated by the Rams, but... I thought Devontae Bond got better. It wasn't as noticeable, but... Junior college, he's had, a ni- he's had a pretty nice career. Yeah, and Eric Stryker, obviously, is a guy that got better and better. And yeah, they found he, a role for him. They It took time, though, for him to yeah. find a role in the defense. But that's the thing. It's like... Like uh, they, I guess Mike could at least identify guys and and build a role for them, and they were mostly edge rushers, and that's why he was so you know he was so distraught when he didn't have Jalen Redmond, yeah, because I think he thought he could eventually build a role for him in the defense where he could make, be a difference maker. If Caden Stearns was at Oklahoma this year and he oh, was starting God. at safety, would he be having as much success right now as he's having in Austin? I I, I think it's Good a fair question, question and. I think it's a resounding no. I, I why would you trust that they would develop anybody? Right. The way and things I, have gone. It, it, it's harsh to say, but based on you know three to four years of the last three to four years, there's nothing that tells me differently. Eddie, he might be starting at corner though, so it could be it's just a totally different comparison. You know, you might just move him away from his natural position. That's true. That's true. Yeah, the whole... Because that's what they do up here. Buki is a safety. Like, is that just them being hard-headed? Like, I couldn't tell if he was... I honestly couldn't tell if he was f***ing with George. Like, I thought maybe he was joking. And then he wasn't joking. And the interview session was over. And we were just just left standing there. 
you guys were there, so you can say it better than me, but just listening to it, it sounds like a guy who never saw him play anything other than safety at Oklahoma. He's never seen any tape. He has no yeah, idea of the point. background. That's a good point. Nothing. I don't know why he would have. Exactly. I mean, and, and like, I, I don't know that I can condemn Ruffin for that because it would it has nothing to do with him. I think people assume that everybody just you know like Ruffin McNeil knows this. I can tell you flat out, guys. There are you know if but if Bill Edenbow the- is not really aware of what's happening in linebacker recruiting, or Calvin Thibodeau is not really tuned into what's happening at running back. But the like, problem is he's the defensive coordinator. You know, ha- yeah, mean, no, no. Now it now, now it's it's a it looks bad. But when you become the defensive coordinator, you think you would dig into some background a mm-hmm. little bit. Well, especially when you have problems everywhere, especially in the secondary. Like, what could we do to fix this? But the fact that, like, carry, I mean, that also tells you, like, they've never even discussed that. Like, it's never come up in a meeting. Like, Kerry Cooks has never said, like, well, you know, Buki was a hell of a cornerback in, in high school. Maybe we should give him a look there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's never even been mentioned. Is that that's hell, what I get from that? They, I mean, as of yesterday, they said that Caleb Kelly, you know, obviously came to them to move positions during the summer. You don't think Buki's never said, maybe I should play corner as much? Well, maybe he has to tweet it or Instagram. Well, shit, it. If he needs to, I'll write the tweet for him. He can just set, press send. <laughs> just walk up to him and say, "Hey, Buki, um, do you want to play corner? Here, it just give me your phone." I mean, they moved Caleb Kelly back to the Sam on Monday of last week. And that triggered a lot of people because Kelly let us know. It triggered me. It, no, Kelly let us know that him and Kenneth Murray were named the Defensive Players of the Week for Bedlam. There were no Players of the Week for Bedlam. Yeah, they shouldn't have named it. I mean, that is soft right there. That is Lincoln Riley should have came in and said, there are no Defensive Players of the Week because we suck. And to name two of them? They found two of them? I mean, I would I would turn Bagman in if they paid players last week. <laughs> Nobody deserved to be paid. Somebody said that to me uh, about Tremont Moore. Oh boy, they said, uh, "Well, I hope the Bagman cuts him off." And I said, "If if OU was paying for that kid, they need to have their heads examined. They need to have their bank accounts eliminated." By the way, uh, just on that note, like. I can tell you, I've had discussions with people back in the summer, like when he was coming in, uh, and I was, I was like, "Are you are you worried about seeing the last chance you thing? Like he might embarrass himself." And and the the kind of the take I got was, "Look, we're taking a flyer on this kid. We don't know if it's going to work out or not." Oh, I mean, by the way that Bill Bedebo talked about him, oh, that was like bad. the second week of practice in August, out at, so uh, he, out he basically course. said he won't help us. He, yeah, he, he was done, but he was done in August. He was done before he started. Yeah, well, I mean, and Josh, you know that the writing was the, on the, the chance wall. of that working out, just knowing, and Bob, you know, knowing how honest like a guy Rashawn Woods can be, like you knew that that kid was trouble, like. And I'd always got the impression, like, even Rashawn had given up I don't up even on him. know if he's trouble as much as he's just f***ing lazy. Or just, yeah, just worthless. Living in his own world. And I hate saying that about a 19-year-old kid, but he needs some type of reality check. It seemed like he fought so hard to turn everything around, but if he had one setback, boom, it just all blew up again. Um. Uh, all right, uh, Eddie, get out your seat, Geek Cap. 
I'm gonna check surprised some that he out. didn't succeed in this soft program. While you guys do that, Bob, do you think that Tremonda, like, how much do you think his momentum was crushed when he didn't make it in its semester like he wanted to? Yeah. Like, I I think there was something there, because I'm with you. Like, it all felt like, wow, maybe Tremonda really has turned a corner here. You were talking to him. It was a different person you were talking uh to compared to high school. Yep. No, you mean he wasn't acting like he was going to qualify and not? (laughs) It felt like he almost reverted back to that guy Yep. He was taking ownership for uh, what he messed up at, at John Marshall and why this time it, it was going to be different. He wasn't like making excuses for why he didn't do it. He said it was yeah. all on him. It felt refreshing. And then I, once he didn't qualify for mid-year, it was back to, all right, same old, yeah. same old. Yeah. Uh, Thunder are welcoming in the Knicks tonight. I'd recommend you don't go to that game. Unless uh, you're going to boo Enos Cantor. Why would you boo Enos Cantor? And it's not Enos, it's Ennis. He's a bitch. He's not a bitch. He's not He's, he's not part of the team. By his, his, he's wanted to, for a beheading or something. I know. I, I said on the radio this morning we should call the Turkish consulate. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> have him waiting at the door. He was one of my favorite Thunder players. He's, uh, not, he's not on the team. He needs to get over it. But he's still he's still a I've, stash brother. I've never seen someone still feel like they're part of the team when yeah, they that is kind been. of weird. That's what's weird. <laughs> that is a little weird. You know, he's a man I, without a country, though. I love Literally. that Eddie is going to call the consulate like they can't look up the NBA schedule for the Knicks. <laughs> like, I think the Knicks might be in Oklahoma City tonight. No, but like, really, know that they can come get him. <laughs> I'll tell you where and when he walks past me. Uh, anyway, I bring up the Knicks being at the Thunder because I looked on my SeatGeek app. Uh, seven bucks, I can go sit in Loud City tonight uh, through the SeatGeek app. Uh, and you can get lower bowl if you want to. I'm just kind of going through here. Like uh, Eddie seats, I would call lower bowl seats. I don't sit he, in Loud he knows, City. He knows people. Uh, you can get, you know, if you really wanted, you know, if you got some, some jack, which I know some of our listeners do. One hundred and ten dollars for uh, lower bowl seating. So pretty good, and it shows you what deals are good. This one, one hundred and ten dollars, amazing. De- God, I got the hiccups. Amazing deal. It's an eight point nine rating. These hiccups are going to kill me. Uh, so anyway, go to SeatGeek. Uh, go download the app, or go to SeatGeek.com. They've got uh, they they search multiple ticket sites. They grade every ticket, like I was telling you. Based on value, they give you uh, immediately uh, identification of the best seats, immediate identification of the best seats that can fit your budget. You can put in there how much you want to spend, all that stuff. The app is fantastic because you can just look up at all the Thunder games. Like It's, it's got Knicks Thunder, but when you hit on it, it shows you uh, November 14th, home game against the Knicks, 23rd, Hornets, 24th, Nuggets, who are on a five-game losing streak, which is awesome. Uh, so you can you can get future games, all that stuff. If you got people coming in for the holidays, uh, you can get tickets and have them in your hand. Uh, ha- actually, have them on your phone and just uh, have them swipe it. So go to SeatGeek, uh, put in the promo code SCOOP today, and you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So uh, go do it. Support the site. They support us and uh, support SeatGeek. So, guys, had a chance this week to uh, go down to... Uh, it was Louisville, but for some reason, it's called Carrollton Hebron now. And I ask, I always ask people about it. They're like, it's so stupid. We're in the Louisville School District. We're served by Louisville. 
But like when Lewis Baker was there, it was Louisville here. But anyway, this is old news. Had a chance to talk to Trajan Bridges and his dad uh, after his All-American ceremony. Uh, and uh, we bring you that interview now. All right. Well, this is uh, our first podcast interview on location as we're at uh, uh, Hebron High School here. Uh, as We've just gotten done watching the All-American uh, ceremony for Trajan Bridges. I'm joined by Trajan and his father, Jack. And guys, a uh, very relaxed environment to see you in. Uh, Trajan, you're not uh, competing against, you know, the best players in the country in Atlanta. And you're not right. out there fighting the refs in a, a football game like I saw in the rain last time. And right. Jack's even, you're, you're a lot more uh, relaxed in this environment too. But I got to say, though, no smile from Trajan today in any of the pictures. <laughs> not disappointing, just as expected, but... It's like the bigger the event, the less of a smile we get from you. Right. So, Trajan, what was tonight like? I mean, going through all this, having your team there with you, uh, they were pretty raucous. I mean, it was a, a pretty good crowd tonight. I mean, uh, you know, just coming out straight out of practice at 6.30. So, um, you know, it was freezing cold outside. Had to rush, <laughs> it's terrible out there. Had to rush home, get dressed real quick, and then uh, rush back up here. But then um, I wasn't too surprised whenever I seen everybody um, came out and, uh, you know, supported me or whatever. Um, great experience, though, um, with everyone here. And uh, I can't thank anyone but, but God. What's it feel like? To, I mean, you know you've been selected for this, but now you're wearing that jersey. You know you're going to go out there and compete. You were MVP of the Rivals camp in Atlanta. Now you get another chance to – go out and shine is it is it set in make it a little bit more real now that you're sitting there wearing a jersey yeah i think it's more you know surreal that um that i'm probably going to be leaving here in about a couple months one or two months and uh after i play this game you know it will be my last high school or um event so uh can't wait to you know get there and Get, get stuff done. Well, Jack, I mean, this has been a journey for you, too. I mean, from, you know, a guy, I was talking to Kenny over there. He was talking about when Nick Saban told you you were, as a freshman, you were going to be too tall to be a running back, and you were all disappointed you had to move positions and all that <laughs> stuff. I mean, this has been an experience for you as a parent, hasn't it been? Yeah, it's it's been an experience, but it, needless to say, it's it's been a it's been a blessing as well. Uh, but I'm j I'm just so proud of him right now and the way he handled himself and the way he's been, you know, wanting to represent, you know, the Hebron High School and and obviously uh, looking forward to getting up to Norman as quickly as possible. But it's it's, it's been not a like ride. you guys haven't been there enough. Yeah, right? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been there quite a bit, of course, you know, and of course just taking an official visit this past weekend just. You know, getting closer and closer to Ria, being surreal. What was it, I mean? What was it like watching your son play this final high school season? I mean, I know we were out the Flower Mound game. I was talking to you, and uh, I know you know, kind of getting to talk to parents during games, especially guys that are highly rated. Uh, it gets very emotional because uh, you you feel. I think most parents, and I, I don't know if I, I told you this before. I think most parents feel like. When your son is, is a five-star, everybody's targeting him. The refs maybe don't give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think it gets yeah. frustrating for parents sometimes. Yeah, it does, you know. But, you know, I, I know Trajan has been brought up. He's been grounded uh, to, to, to take, you know, adversity and stuff like that when, when those things uh, comes his way. And, and you're right, you know, they, we, with him being uh, uh, the five-star athlete that, he, that he's been prone to be, um, you know, they do target him. You know, a lot of guys like to use him as a measuring stick as far as, you know, as his opponents, the DB. Yeah. and things like that they, you know they go into the game you know saying you know if I stop Trajan then you know I must you know they, they kind of measure themselves make a name for themselves off so you know they, they come, yeah yeah so they, they they come at him pretty hard but you know he's 
he's he, you know he stands up for himself and uh it's, it's been a blessing to watch him play. Let me ask you, Trajan, did, did you learn a lot about maybe being even more in the spotlight this year? Like your dad says, people coming after you in games. That you kind of got that target on your back after you got the five-star and mm -hmm. uh, MVP of the Rivals camp. I mean, did you learn something about yourself and, and kind of how to how to be a different type of player on the field with everything coming at you? I mean, yeah. Um, you know, of course, getting a five-star and uh, getting all the offers and being an Oklahoma uh, commit. Um, a lot comes with it, and uh, one is, you know, I preach on it every day, which is uh, people are going to hate you. Um, I mean, it is what it is, but, I mean, whenever you, you're doing something right, if, you know, people are commenting on you, um, you know, giving you hell or something like that. So uh, whenever people are in your DMs talking <laughs> mad stuff, um, saying stuff about your family members, you know, what it is, uh, you got student sections, you know, chanting overrated and stuff like that um but i think it, the, mo the most thing that it has taught me is that um you know just to be true to yourself and um find find who you really are and um you know never stay uh you know never just just i don't even know what to say you know just uh you know just believe in yourself and um you know whenever you make a mistake or something like that just wipe it off and um and i think that's what i've you know taken from high school and getting my fifth star and stuff like that is to, you know, just wipe wipe it off and, um, you know, go on to the next play. I, I mean, that's that's cool. I think people kind of don't realize sometimes that just because you are one of the best or considered one of the best, you know, high school players that it's all easy for you guys. Right. But it's a roller coaster ride. Of course. Um, you know, as well as uh, I'd, I'd also have to say, um, you know, just to find your circle. Um, you know, there are a lot of, with, you know, with the fame and, all of this and you know all the medias and all that uh comes to know a lot of fake friends and stuff like that so i definitely have to say i i found my my circle of my great friends and uh my family members you know that i could trust and uh and i'm glad they believe in me jack i mean you had an older son that played sports was it was it a different type of learning experience for you as a father going through this this past year uh, past yeah. couple of years yeah 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 it, it definitely was a, a different uh, type of learning experience uh you know Jalen, my oldest son Trajan's older brother uh he was actually was a basketball player um but you know Jalen was uh as talented as he was you know he wasn't uh in a position to be you know a, a division one you know type of guy like Trajan is so it's been a, just a totally different uh ride uh, with 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 Trey's as as it was you know with Jalen my oldest son uh, mainly you know again because it's two different sports you know you're talking about basketball yeah. you're talking about football uh, but then you know you're talking about you know going to a, a smaller school for basketball into you know being able to play at you know a number one you know university like uh, University of Oklahoma uh, for Trajan so it's it's been definitely different for sure. What I mean, you know, uh, the ups and downs have been there, but it's got to be good when you have Trajan a weekend, you know, like you have to get away to Norman to see what it's going to be like, your new home, getting to spend time with your teammates, talk to Lincoln Riley, just just getting to know that there's another level there. That's got to be, you know, one of the most satisfying parts about going through this last year. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've of course, got a good whiff of it this uh, this past weekend um, on my official visit to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I, it just – felt so you know i just felt so comfortable just being there and um i was honestly ready to say goodbye to my parents <laughs> but um <laughs> unfortunately you know Did i gotta tell you this <laughs> unfortunately i got a uh, couple more weeks here and uh you know i, I just want to 
thank Lincoln Riley and all them for uh, comforting me and stuff like that. Now, uh, Jack, you tell me, you know, as, as a parent, I mean, it's close by. I mean, heck, I got down here in two and a half hours almost today. Right. Um, but just that experience, Oklahoma, being up there so much, what's the thing that stuck out to you the most? I think the thing that stuck out to me the most, and you, you probably guys probably hear it a lot, is, is just, uh, um, you know, just the way they treat you is just genuine. It's, it's just family. Uh, I honestly believe that. Um, and every time we're up there, you know, we just get a, a, even a even better vibe as far as, you know, this is truly, you know, home. And it's like we try to tell Trajan all the time, um, you know, you're not just picking this, this university and this college for – for the, for the next four years, uh, you actually pick, you know, this is like one of those things where you, this is for the next 45, 50 years. This is type of, you know, uh, relationship that you're, that you're building with the, with your future. So it's, it's, it's definitely a feeling of just being at home when, whenever we go up there. You know, I don't think anybody saw, you know, Kyler Murray coming in and, and maybe being even better than Baker Mayfield. But now you look at it, uh, Trajan, you're going to be part of the next wave. I know you got to see Spencer Rattler was it kind of good getting to see him kind of after everything he's been going through this season oh yeah you know uh me and Spence talk daily um of course whenever I heard about the situation that happened to him uh I, I hadn't I had to do nothing but uh you know comfort him um you know things happen for a reason and uh you know if I'm gonna be his teammate um I'm gonna be his brother throughout the next four maybe three years um why not start it early and uh, I was able to comfort him through that but um yeah, it was a great time seeing Spence this week. Um, we had great fun. We went out, had fun with all the guys, um, and a uh, great weekend. Would, just in terms of, you know, that was a very close game, 48-47. Uh, you know, you're, you're around those offensive players, and, and they are the best offense in the country right now, right. statistically anyway. What is it you kind of learn from being around those guys? That is there some key that you've learned that makes them so good? Honestly, I really do believe that it's the brotherhood that they have. Um, you know, they have a bond. That, um, you know, you have multiple guys from different places, you know, um, different backgrounds, different situations. So, um, you know, when, once they all got there, I think they, um, you know, found who they clicked with the most. Um, of course, they clicked with everybody on the team. So um, I, I definitely have to say uh, the brotherhood that they have, um, you know, they, I don't think that can be broken. So going against other teams, you know, fighting with your brothers on the field is, you know, you can't beat that. What do you think about this rebuilding this offense? I mean, I don't know if it's going to have to be rebuilt, uh, but you're going to have a lot of new pieces in there. Right. What do you think about you guys as a class you've been talked about for so long is going in there and maintaining this level of, of play? Um, you know, it's big shoes to fill, um, but it's nothing that I don't think we can handle. Um, I mean, we got three five stars coming in as a receiver we got a five-star quarterback so um I th I don't, it's nothing that we're not used to um uh expectations you know uh, I'm, I'm used to you know getting through whatever has to be done um i don't know lincoln you know they're de he's dependent on us uh whole ou football staff they're they're looking forward to you know bringing us in and doing stuff that uh has been done before like uh winning national championships so um, you know, that would be fun, and it's going to be a great ride. What is, how do recruits react to what's going on with the defense right now? Um, you know, I think, again, if you really have the heart for OU, I mean, every, every team that you are on, they have some 
sort of difficulty um, or trouble that they have or going through right now. So, um, again, even when I'm uh, chilling with all the guys over the weekend, you know, book, all of them, and, you know, we're just talking about the game or something that, you know, is trouble that happened in the game. Uh, I mean, they never talk negative about each other, nothing like that. So, um, of course, I don't think I don't think too much of it. Um, and things are going to change. Things are going to get fixed. So, um, I can't really say too much on it. Did, did Lincoln have any discussions with you about, you know, hey, we're going to get this thing fixed. We're going to we're going to be great on both sides of the ball by the time you're done here. Do any of those discussions go on? Um, you know, not too much on the defensive side. Um, offensively, he, he talks nonstop about <laughs> how how uh, he's looking forward to us uh, scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. But um, on the defensive side, you know, he just comments on uh, who he has bringing in 2019 class and uh, some transfers that may come in. So. Uh, you know, like I said, things are going to change, and um, I'm pretty sure they're going to get this fixed up. Jack, let me ask you. I mean, you've seen a lot of different types of receivers at Oklahoma over the years. You had Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. Now you got C.D. Lamb and Marquise Brown. Where do you think Trajan fits in? What's What do you think his, is going to be his calling card as a receiver in that offense? Uh, Trajan is going to, again, you know, his, 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 book, his book is still being written. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, there's there's still so many more so many more pages to fill uh, with him and his. You're in his right. Career. I mean, you're right. now, I mean, I was and at a game. You're wildcat quarterback. You're, you know, you're, you get right. reverse passes. You try <laughs> yeah. to throw passes. I mean, uh, you're you're intercepting passes. I mean, he's still really growing as a player yeah, too, isn't he? He, Jack? he is. He is, and like I say, it's, it's so many more pages still to be to be filled uh, in Trajan's journey. Um, but. Definitely, I, I think he's gonna. He, he's he's he, he's he's a utility guy. He, he's an mm-hmm. athlete. Um, you know, they they'll probably start him out. You know, on the outsides. Um, but I think before it's all said and done, he'll be playing all of them in, inside, outside. Uh, because which is can, a lot of what yeah. Sterling Shepard did. It, 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 it right, exactly. the size that you had, but mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the player he was. Yeah, and and I think that's what Lincoln them believed that he can you know he can bring to the table as well. So um, I'm looking forward to it, man. It should be it should be fun. Man, I appreciate you guys taking some time out. You got Thank a party you. going on. I hate keeping you from it as much <laughs> as I have, but I know everybody loved listening, you know, hearing from you guys. And yes, congratulations on the the honor, All American. Uh, we'll be down there in San Antonio, obviously Sounds checking great. it out as well. And uh, laying info back from Orlando on your other classmates. It'll be in right. oh, that All American game, so yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun for Sooner fans coming up here in January. So appreciate you guys and Thank congratulations. You. Thank, Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right, so uh, there is uh, Trajan Bridges, his father Jack Bridges, and I don't know. The, maybe one thing that stood out to me about that was him talking about Lincoln Riley talking about defensive transfers possibly coming in. They could probably use one or two or three or eleven. Yeah, eleven might be better served. I'm sure the coaching staff is really going to appreciate the fact that uh, we threw a recruiting interview in the middle of us shitting all over their defense for 45 minutes beforehand. <laughs> I mean, again, if if. Four people talking about their opinions on a uh, embarrassing defense affects what's happening a couple miles north of here. Then it could be the softest program in the country, and it's maybe Riley should be coach of the year for even getting this group to nine and one. <laughs> well, they're crazy people if they don't already know everything we've said. That's like, true it's not too. like we're we, we haven't broken incredible ground here. That's true too. Sorry, we're not writing rap music about OU. Who's doing that? Wait, what? There's people out there. What? Oh, no. 
You gotta, you gotta show me this. Is it better done. than the O the OU rap with Bob with Bob Stoops nodding his head? No, it's fucking terrible. Oh. Is it anyone we know? Yeah. Oh no. Just log on to YouTube. Oh no. Is it a is it a recruit chaser, like a, a meme uh, guy? I, I think mean, I know I, who it I've is. given him too much time already. He said too much. Move on. I would take the YouTube hint. I would play it if I could find it. No. I'll walk out of here. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on the uh, Trajan interview that was just... I don't know. I'll just say I'm sure Big Crimson TX is happy. No, I have no thoughts. Uh, he just... You can tell he loves OU, but... God, he does. He doesn't have that personality in his words that excite people. That's... That's fine. I believe Bob just crapped all over my interview, but that's fine. No, I'm saying like like Trajan doesn't bring out no, I'm just that personality in himself. I'm sure he does around other kids. The thing, but is, when he he's on on record, his team. The cool. one thing about being at that deal is like you could tell his team loves him. Like they really, they really love him. Of course, well, he's, God, they should. We've all seen him. He's their like, best. He's their he's their uh, best player and. You know, they got a, they've got a couple of other good players on their team that might play in college, but yeah, he's by far carries that team. Yeah, they've got a young back I like, but other than that, I'm like, nah, there's not a lot there. They got the safety linebacker guy. Yeah, oh yeah, on defense, yeah, yeah. Darius Snow's a good player. But yeah, I mean, every time they run a play and the ball isn't end up in his hands, you you're just kind of like, what are you doing? So. No, it was good talking to them. I'm glad they took the time out because it was in the middle of their kind of celebration, so we do appreciate that. Um, all right, uh, we've got uh, Kansas coming up, which is not exciting. We've already established that, uh, but we do have to do this. Get to the fridge. Grab yourself a Native Amber, an F5 IPA, or any of the great Coop Ale Works beers. Because it's time to make a toast to this week's player to watch. All right, it is time for your Coop Works player to watch. The uh, Coop Works uh, out of Oklahoma City, been doing it for nine years. Uh, seven year-round beers, including the, uh, the Native Amber, uh, the uh, F5 IPA, which is Eddie's favorite, and uh, I'm a big uh, horny toad blonde guy. They're Oktoberfest. If you can still grab that, uh, it's definitely worth your time. And uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Go to coupelworks.com, check it out. And uh, make sure you pick some up for your next tailgate uh, or uh, your next your next game night, especially with the NBA coming up. Need to stock up those fridges. Okay, so uh, player to watch. My God, is there anybody we need to even name on offense? I mean, it's all about the defense, isn't it? Although, do we have any hope that anyone's going to be able to put together a performance that you're going to be like, I'm really interested to see him play. That's actually why I'm going offense. Austin Kendall. This is oh, his, this is his game. That's a bad pick. This yeah. is his game. He's looked a little shaky since he's been in, in mop-up duty, so this would be a, a good I mean, it's not half his fault that Michael Jones can't catch the football. Yeah. This would be a, Charleston Rambo. a nice half for him to show that, you know, he's not a deer in headlights when he's out. I'm just thinking like the end against Texas and stuff of that nature. How much do you do you think he gets a lot of run over Tanner Mordecai, or do you think Mordecai gets some snaps too? I think Mordecai plays the middle of the fourth quarter. 
Okay. Okay. Because no. he's 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 played two uh, two games. He's not going to play more than four, and he probably won't see the field again after. Yeah, I think so. Why not? Unless something crazy happens down the road, then this should be it for him. I'm going to go with uh, Delarian Turner. Yell. That's a good one. Like that. Just because he's we've seen him in flashes here and there. Uh, I'm not saying oh he's he he should be starting or anything like that. I just think it, it'll be nice if we can get to see a lot more of him. And, you know, if it's a blowout and he gets in a lot, it's going to be more watching him probably in, in run responsibilities because I doubt KU will be – they'll probably be running it trying to get, you know, the game over. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of putting my binoculars on him and, and seeing what he looks like. Josh, you I really, go? Yeah, I <laughs> – I'm going to pick a player, but I want to preface it with saying, I just really want to pick the entire freshman class. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same <laughs> like, thing. I just want to watch those guys, like Ron Tatum and Benito and like some of those guys that we haven't seen a lot of, like dying to see that stuff. But I, I'm going to go, and I'm going to stick, you know, kind of with the thought of defense. I kind of want to watch Jordan Parker. I feel like the last two weeks, he's actually been pretty solid for you. Everybody remembers the tackle against Tech that he didn't make, and that's fine. I, I get it. But he actually made a couple plays in that Oklahoma State game where I was like, wow, that's he, – he had one I, – I can't remember who he was covering. It might even have been Tylen Wallace where they, they connected on a slant, but he, made, he immediately makes the tackle. It's like a four-yard gain on like a third and eight for Oklahoma State, and they end up having to punt. And it's sad that this is where we are, but that play stood out. You're like, wow, he's a safety. He made a tackle in space like – he did everything he was supposed to do right there. It, it, it wasn't exemplary, but it was doing your job, which is now a, a positive for any Oklahoma defensive player. So I'm going with Jordan Parker, and in a game like this, you can kind of really sit and watch him because you're not gonna. it's not like you're going to miss something with Kansas's explosive offense. I'll say this about Jordan Parker, too. He started out the season with a pretty big knee brace. I mean, he... He is, uh, and he's to me. It seems like he's lost a little weight, uh, gotten a little leaner this year. But I think he's really just getting healthy because I don't think he was healthy at all to start the season, coming back from that knee injury. So yeah, that's a that's a good pick. I think he also had a lot of things going on off the field, just as far as did he have a kid over the summer? I think that's kind right. Of yeah. Settling right. into yep. his own mm-hmm. his own life, the reality of a of a real life. Is the kid out here out in California? I have no idea. I have no idea. So uh, I I'll go with Caleb Kelly. Yeah, sure. And that's just to give up. I can't think of anybody else. I'm not too excited for this game on Saturday. <laughs> we know it's a six thirty too. We're going to be doing that post game pod like at two two in the morning. Jesus. <sighs> yeah, don't run. It's going to be two straight weekends of hell. I'm definitely going to stay up for the Kansas postgame podcast. <laughs> so don't you worry. I'm there for you. I don't believe you at all. You shouldn't. You absolutely should not. I wouldn't even watch the game if I were you. <laughs> Eddie's not going to watch it. He's just Eddie's gonna, just going to have like he's his, gonna have his back turned. Yeah. yeah. Just live stream it. You probably won't even get any views. If you kids want to be on Sights and Sounds, you better run at this camera. <laughs> Speaking of which, it's not a big recruiting weekend either. Can't confirm one official visitor, junior college offensive lineman, 
Myron Cunningham. Josh, you think he projects more at a uh, tackle? Oh, yeah. I, I think that's definitely – with Finley Felix, I can see, you know, kind of get – almost like Tremond, uh, which, which your, you know, prognosis was for him. Like, we'll see where he ends up. But with Cunningham, he's a longer guy. I think he's definitely a tackle. Um, very athletic. There's a lot of stuff to work with with him that you really like. Um, you know, it's weird because back before um, – I guess it was actually right around the time Finley Felix committed. Myron Cunningham had told me he was coming in this week, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. But at the same time, we've told everybody, like, anybody that thought that Finley Felix closed the door on a junior college offensive tackle, forget that. And now with Tremonda Moore going, it, you know, like, I, I don't know if Oklahoma saw the writing on the wall or if it's not connected at all. Like, what I'm interested to see, does Tremonda Moore create another offensive line offer? Or is you know Bill Biedenboe going to keep that in his hat for next year? I, I don't know how that's going to work out yet, but I still see this ending up as probably a six-offensive lineman class um, with Oklahoma hoping to add one more J.C. guy to Finley Felix. It's going to be so weird watching this offensive line develop next year. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of ups and downs. I don't know that you'll ever see a consistent lineup in the first half of the season. Guys will be getting yanked and, you know, for other guys. And there's going to be a lot. That's going to be a – Bill Biedenboe's going to earn his money next year because he makes a lot of it. It's crazy to me that it feels more and more than ever that the – if Oklahoma has two returning starters back, one of them is going to be Bobby Evans. Yeah, and I think the thing that the, – the thing that's – good for him is that at least he has his center which is yep always the most difficult thing to find and he's got a really really good one creed yeah. humphrey was going back and watching Who's that he? oklahoma state game he's he's outstanding josh you think ej is projected not coming back projected more at a center who's not coming back the quarterback oh are you talking about beat him bow yeah in he yeah yeah well, he might not be back what are you doing over there? You're not paying attention. No, I'm not. You reading the board? No. Dynamite drop in, Monty. <laughs> uh, what? Oh, EJ. Yeah, I, I do, Bob. I, I think you know everybody looks. They at don't have forward. one. They don't have one. Right. And, and I right now. I, I don't rule out that guards could be a possibility, but I really think there's a very good chance they see him primarily as a center. Um. Being a really sharp kid like EJ is, like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that he fits into kind of what Bill seems to value at that position, and I so I think I don't think there's any question like that's that's probably where he gets his start. I would you know if I'm playing for Bill Hint EJ, learn that center position because all those guys that learn it seem to get a seem to have a, a head up on everybody else at the guard position. It's true. Like, he likes playing guards that can also play center, that know what the center is doing or supposed to be doing. Kerry, you go back farther than I do. Watching Creed, you know, and I know it's special for you. I mean, there's an emotional attachment, I understand. <laughs> Stop it. But, but just, like, when's the last time OU had a center that, like, that felt like that dude's a long-time NFL guy if it all goes right? I mean, Vince Carter, I think, is still 
the best center that OU's had in the Bob Stoops era. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, you know, after that, it was always kind of like a mishmash of different guys. I mean, John Cooper was a smaller guy. He was very good, highly recruited, shattered his ankle. Uh, it took a while to come back. I, you know, they moved guys around. Like, I think Chris Bush was a guy that they, they moved mm-hmm. around a little bit. And um, they were always trying to find guys. But, yeah, just as a prototypical guy that is built for that position, is big, you know, like like everybody else on the line, they rarely have ever had a guy like this. You'd have to go back to the Switzer days. Is your dad a tall guy, Kerry? Shut up. <laughs> <sighs> um, no, I'm I, Carrie. Literally, we were watching the game the other day, mm-hmm. and they did some segment on him. A lot, not a segment, but like they're talking about him. They've got his little player card at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, and I was like, Tiffany, this is the guy that the fans give Carrie all this shit about looking like him. And she looks at the wrong guy, and she goes, he doesn't look like him. I think she was looking at Powers. Uh-huh. She was like, he doesn't look like him at all. And I was like, no, no, look at the bottom of the screen. The picture's like, oh, my God, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, I look at myself in the mirror every day, I guess. I don't yeah. see it. Yeah. I- well, Josh, do you have any clue where you're going this weekend? Yeah, uh, tomorrow uh, Thursday night I will be. I'm going to go up to Alito and see Jason Ooh. McClellan. Haven't had a chance to see him yet this year. They're playing a rare Texas Thursday night high school football game in the playoffs. So I was like, well, that's just too good for me to to pass up. On Friday, literally, that's my job after the podcast. I've got to sit down and figure out where where I'm going to go. I have no idea yet. Um, you know, I'm still. Usually, I've already got it all mapped out as far as okay, I like this, 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 and this week, and then as I, as teams get eliminated, I kind of cross them off my list but i just this week just hasn't worked out that way so i've got to sit down and kind of map it all out and then see where i'm going to be um friday like i said it's it's open-ended but thursday at least i get to see jace kind of get a feel for him uh it'd be nice if i could just go across town and see seth mcgowan but we'll kind of see how that works we're gonna go get our second look at marcus major he did miss last week's game but millwood coaching staff let me know sunday Marcus is ready to roll for Friday night. Millwood buy-in feels like a quarterfinal game here in the round of 16. It's considered maybe the best second-round matchup in the uh, playoffs. So we'll we'll go take another another look at Major. Not used a lot during the regular season, and that was on purpose, according to his father. They want to keep to Marion Houston and Marcus Major as fresh as possible for this playoff run. So. Maybe we'll see one of those, you know, two hundred yard, four touchdown type nights from Marcus on Friday. Uh, a lot more uh, positive reviews coming in for Eddie. Uh, Horns up for peace. It's making its way into the uh, iTunes reviews as well. Uh, Cosmo Kramer says best post game podcast around. This podcast is what I look forward to most when making the commute to work on Monday. Everyone on the crew brings their different perspective, which makes it even more enjoyable. What makes it even better is I know that even if Oklahoma loses, I know that the podcast will be entertaining. Thanks for all the hard work. Okay, cool. Hook them. Horns up for peace. <laughs> okay, By cool. The way, we didn't even mention the Tom Herman thing at all. I mean, what a disaster. Your boy Zach Smith, Josh. Gotta love him. He should just go ahead and do it. 
would kill Tom Herman or himself? Himself. I'm on record saying he'll commit what about suicide before murder suicide. Uh, if he gets in Austin, I'd I'd be I'd be worried if I was Tom Herman. I'd be worried for Zach Smith uh, if Tom Herman's wife got around him. I think she's all talk. <laughs> all right, uh, the ever, ever cheerful Eddie. Appreciate it, uh, Bob. Thank you. Can we close out with signing day? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So and now we act like we care about <laughs> basketball. I do care. I'll be you'll you'll be with me Sunday for the home op- home opener. But maybe. By the way, you mentioned this. <laughs> you mentioned this. Eddie is in a mood today. Um, you mentioned this. And it's it is really amazing to watch, and it's not. It should be a surprise because even I've seen him around uh, when he's on unofficial visits and stuff. But Davian Harmon might be the most. He might be more committed than any single new wave nineteen or twenty deep kid. I mean, like we talk about Trajan Bridges, how much he's bought into OU. I think Davian Harmon might have bought in even more. And that's because they're like best of friends. Yeah, those two Stog and uh, Stogner and Weiss. They're they've been they've known each other for for years and so they've just all kind of cultivated that personality of you know we all want to go here together and do special things but yeah with Harmon being committed last November and sticking through when OU went through that terrible stretch it was just huge and now they got the other pieces to go around them they're signing five guys today Uh, I think three are in the books they're still waiting for the official signature of a couple others, but Victor E. E. Wakor from Sulphur Springs, Texas, and then Jalen Hill from Vegas. I mean, three guys in the Rivals 150. They're ranked yeah. the 10th class right now. I don't think they'll be number 10 when the spring class Do you comes really want out. a top 10 recruiting class in basketball these days? <laughs> just, I mean, and for OU, they just have never needed to have four or five guys. That five guys in the class is something... You just won't see too often, but Lon Kruger and staff did a great job of getting it all together, and we'll get to talk to them here in a couple hours, and I'll have that story up either later this evening or first thing Thursday. And uh, I think they'll probably avoid the federal investigation with this class, like just about every other class that's being signed in the top 10. I mean, that's just one thing you see Carlin Hartman, Chris Crutchfield sometimes throw a little jab out there because they know working under Lon Kruger – it's an absolute as clean pro uh, program as you can possibly get. Just early thoughts on what you've seen of the Sooners so far? Two, they're 2-0. Christian and James, obviously, uh, scoring a lot of points. Christian James, 29-24. And you got Brady Manick, first two double-doubles of his career. You like what you see from Jamal B. Uh, B. Enemy as a true freshman. Yeah, I mean... Going on the road, it's not like monumental games that they won Friday and Monday, but going on the road and winning back-to-back games is a nice way to start. And like I said, the home opener is Sunday. And if you go to the OU Kansas football game, you can bring that ticket in to Lloyd Noble Sunday and be in as well. Are you getting kickbacks for that? <laughs> I just it's, going, it's always sad to okay. see the how bad those crowds are. Yeah, it's college basketball on yeah. Sunday. College basketball on a Sunday, it's not a good Let's recipe. be honest. Teams well, don't even before, want to be there. Before football ends, yeah. So, Eddie, you got a baseball signing day report? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. All right. Uh, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Josh. Eddie, it's been real. 
thanks for listening to the uh, Chalk Talk Casinos unofficial 40 podcast. And we'll see you guys back here next week on SoonerScoop.com podcast.